It's Coffee Club Time! Now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Sparks. Well, a very good Wednesday morning to you, and welcome to another Coffee Club here on August the 25th, 2021. Hope you're all doing well today, doing pretty good here, keeping busy. We'll be doing two straight shows here today. So... I'll conserve some of my energy and let these panelists do the talking. But uh, we've got a lot to get to. Uh, one thing I'm going to say right off the top, do not do as I do. I mixed up two medicines for a week because these bottles were not properly labeled. That's why I gradually got things switched over to Walmart, and this is supposed to happen The next time I wondered why I had been sleeping well at night and I had been taking um, some kind of diabetes medicine of one milligram, which is a very light dose of it, at night instead of my sleeping pills. And I verified this with my phone last night and found out that these bottles look just alike. The pills do too. So if you don't 
got to find a way to get these things marked when somebody when they came to clean move things around and so that's my rant of the day so don't do as i do um but let's all work together and try to make our medicines safe 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 and jennifer how are you this morning i'm good no complaints it's hot 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 but that's okay i'd rather it be hot than cold do you have work to do on the outside today on the, Not so far. Something uh, might sneak in, though, I'm sure. Yeah. So we're going to get your electric barrel rider fixed again. So That we, was not um, John's fault, though. No, I don't think he so. He did fix the part that wasn't working right originally that we knew about, for sure. But I don't think this he gets It's an electrical thing. Yeah, on the electric. It will, it will work for about six pages. And then it stops. So we're we're trying to put together a list or find a a few list of people who do good work on electric bro riders and I think actually if you go right to the source, Perkins gives you a very good list of of bro rider repair people across the country. So we shall see about I probably that. should have sent this one back to them after I bought it. When it didn't work right. Yeah, because you pay a lot of money for it. So we'll go on from you up to Radio Tim. Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. I Well, probably a lot better than I was last Wednesday, as far as, at least as far as how my leg feels, which was the worst part of it, my uh, cellulitis leg. <laughs> I have to describe which limb I'm talking about because I have a I had a blood clot in one leg and cellulitis in the other, and then my of course my shoulder, my right shoulder and arm are uh, disabled. So I only have really one working limb, but uh, <laughs> hopefully this will all get better in the next few well days. Actually, um, hoping to be without the brace in. A week or so, as far as I know. Um, Weather-wise, it's been pretty hot here. It was, but now we're supposed to only get up to 80 today, and uh, the humidity is supposed to drop. So I hope they're right about that, because that's the worst part of it, is that high humidity. And everything else is going well. I'm going to be on tomorrow for both shows. Yeah, that? he's going to give me a part of a day off. Yeah. Well, what's up with that, Tim? Well, I don't know, but you got to be here for all things radio. Yeah, <laughs> not a total day off, but hey, it's what it is, and uh, you're glad to do it. One of your listeners thought you weren't going to talk about your cellulitis. I said, thought to myself, Tim will talk about it anytime. So, I bet you know, that was Gene. Yeah. <laughs> Gene from Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I always forget I have two genes that listen quite regularly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, and I thank you, Bill, for filling in. Well, we've we've got more music, more requests coming up on your live show today, along with live calls on the studio line. Some of your listeners seem to like that. So... 
And yeah, maybe I'll have to get a studio lot. <laughs> we we discuss all kinds of things from oh, just all kinds of things. So anyway, we'll be doing that at eleven o'clock, and uh, we've always got our Beatles request of the day. So might as well promote a little bit here. Let's go to Jeff Bennett. Who's Jeff? Oh, oh, that's me. I'm sorry. I forgot. Okay. Everything is good here in Albany, New York. With the nice hot weather, I love every minute of it, Bill. I really do. Um, because I hate cold weather. So I, every day that we have temperatures that get to almost 90 degrees, I'm happy. As long as my air conditioning works, which it does. So everything is good here in Albany, New York. Very good. Anything else going on in your life? Not really. I spent uh, yesterday. I spent time with my oldest daughter Meredith, and we had lunch together. And uh, right now, it, it looks like the uh, rest of the week is somewhat open. Although I have a friend of mine who's visiting, uh, who's originally from Albany, who's visiting or was supposed to be coming uh, from. Well, he lives in Bloomington, Indiana, but he's supposed to be coming back to Albany, and we're supposed to get together. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen. So if it does, it does. If it doesn't, well, we'll see. If that's all you can do. All right, uh, let's go to. Altoona, Pennsylvania. Well, um, things are okay here. Um, not really a lot going on. Been pretty quiet. It's hot, of course. Are you cooking anything special for lunch today? We're having beer-battered cod. Oh, okay. And you going to fix that in the air fryer? Yes. I, I'm kind of... So what else will be involved with... What other device will you have cooking with your well, lunch? Well, we may time? have a second air fryer because we may do some fry, homemade fries or something like that. I'm not sure yet. The ones you cut up and yeah, do that with your... Oh, there you go. I want some of those sweet potato fries. Yeah, I may make some of those too. Ugh. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. No, thank you. And so, Dave, how are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging right in there, trying yeah. to stay out of trouble. You know how that goes. Are yeah, you, right. <laughs> are you hanging in there with those Bose hearing aids? Yes, they work just fine. They work just fine. Mm-hmm. What you is find it? that you use them every day? Uh, just about every day. Uh, are you going to go deer hunting with your son this year? And Will, you, will they help you out when, uh, when you're doing that, Dave? No, I probably won't use those. I have... For hunting, I have, it's called game ears. They're uh, pretty sensitive. They're like a headphone that you put on, and I would use those. That's what the plan is. I got the hunting license uh, last week, so I'm in good shape for the shape I'm in. There you go. Well, let's see. I think, let's bring on Chris Devin. Chris is Hello. Uh, wondering. He's doing a little overtime today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I'm getting ready to go to Pittsburgh um, because I haven't been down there in two years, of course, um, we with the pandemic being what it was, and nobody went anywhere last year. So I'm going down to see uh, my ex-wife, Linda. Kathy's not going because uh, she's going to be staying here taking care of Debbie, and Debbie is 14 years old, her guide dog, and that really wouldn't be able to fly and you know has trouble with her legs and all that. So Kathy's going to be here. So I'm going to go down. I'm going to see my uh, my ex-wife and my uh, children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchild, who I haven't seen yet, but she was born in November of uh, 2019. So 
I'll get to meet her. And uh, I think we'll we'll try to meet a bunch of other friends and, and uh, have a few family get-togethers and stuff like that. And still try to keep connected with all the things I enjoy, the sports and the music. And uh, and uh, I think Linda found, uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's a Kurt Smith book, something about, and it's not just Voices of the Game, it's a different uh, book, something about the history of play-by-play on the, on the radio or something uh, for baseball. So we're going to, she, she got it on Audible, so we're going to listen to that and uh, looking forward to that. So it's going to be a good, uh, so I don't have to work until the day after Labor Day. So I'm taking a whole, almost two-week vacation. And you Are got, you flying to Pittsburgh? I'm sorry. No, yeah, ahead. I'm flying uh, Jeff tomorrow yeah you did your and they have list? sent me emails they are going nuts they sent me you used to be you'd get a couple emails you got your confirmation email and then you got your um meet and assist email or something i got about five of these things you know and the, because you know they want to make sure everybody knows uh, that they have to wear masks and and do all the things that they that they do now they did mention it was interesting in the email because uh, i was looking at some of those today and they did mention that they're apparently uh, allowing, because they did mention some alcohol being available on JetBlue, but it's funny that American um, is not doing alcohol, and they're only doing it for the first class, because obviously rich people are better behaved than we poor uh, peons, as we well know. And uh, so, you know, the they, they're they uh, letting people in first class have alcohol in American. I heard that news story, but they're not in the coach, but apparently they are in JetBlue. Bill, you said you'd run into some ornery people on your flights uh, a few times. Uh, yeah, a few people that, uh, that just will, well, A, they, they might have been imbibing, but they also yeah. they also did not want to wear their mask. And they were told they had to wear their mask or they couldn't fly. So, yep. you know, it's just as simple as that. And... They said, don't get something to eat and make it last the whole time because we know <laughs> the game you're trying to play. Pretty hard to make a little bag of peanuts last an hour and a half, you know? It doesn't right. work too well. You know, just do it, get it over with, and let's go on about flying. You know, and I guess the airlines have started fining people now for their behavior, and it's not worth paying a fine to me. Nope. And it's really well, not being that. banned from the airline because you can't behave. Right. Yeah. And it's not not that bad. I've done it several times. As you well know, I threw through the pandemic and on. So, yeah. well, to yesterday, uh, last Friday, I went on a cruise and then uh, for work with work. And then I was in order to the ride vehicles. Of course, you have to wear them and cabs and so forth. So I had a uh, I won't get into my whole trip home. It was ridiculous. I couldn't get hook up with the ride. And I ended up taking a cab. But I had the thing on for about four, about, about three to four hours. And that was okay. It didn't bother me any. I know some people have trouble with their facial vision or this and that. <laughs> but it really, it didn't It didn't bother me very much at all. And it wasn't a super hot day, so it didn't bother me in that regard. So um, I'm figuring I'll have to put it on as soon as I leave the house and probably have it on four or five hours you know, with the cab and then in the airport and then on the plane. And then still in, in Pittsburgh to go get the bag, the bag. So, uh, you know, it's going to be about a four-hour um, shift, but it, it shouldn't be that bad. I've been learning to fly to take one little bag and if I've got a computer bag, but to try to pack so that I don't have to store my luggage because that always seems to be a problem. But uh, if I do store it, it works, you know, we can get to the baggage things because usually the baggage is where your ground transportation is. 
And the good thing, too, is if you're only taking one flight, like you're going to, from Boston to Pittsburgh or something, you, you basically know. We did have a problem one time. Our bag did not arrive with us, and I don't even – I think some somebody – we checked it in. I think we made the mistake of checking it in outside rather than bringing it to the gate and checking it in. And I think somehow there was a miscommunication, and we had to wait uh, till the uh, next morning to get it. Two in the morning. I think it was like one in the morning or something we got it. But um, that was weird. But basically, when you're doing – if you're not doing connections, the bags usually are pretty pretty much there. You know? Yeah. So what, yeah got the baggage back up chris that that that, that happens a lot of people then they lose baggage and you don't get it back so and yeah i always yeah. tell people if you've got medicines you just have to take you better pack those separate or carry those in a handbag or some way somehow so that you won't lose your medicines yeah um if if that's important to you well chris we'll be back to you in just a few we will get to you because I have a feeling we might have a few hands up. We do. We do, Bill. Okay. Who do you want to start with? Well, we'll start with Joe Sorensen. Then we have Gail and Beth Marlene. So let's start with you, Joe. Can you unmute yourself? Okay. Oh, there you go. You're unmuted, Joe. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. It's it's working. Sometimes Jaws and Zoom. Anyway, it is 66 degrees. Hot weather here up to 95. Clear skies down to 66. But that's okay. I'd, I'd, unlike you, Jeff, I would rather have hot weather than cold. You got oh, it, Joe. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hang on. I'll be right there. Uh, that's the voice of Ellen. Yeah. It's just me. Anyway, I just wanted to say good morning to everybody. Hey, it's nice to hear you on there, Chris. And talk to you in forever. Usually you're on All Things Radio, but it's nice to hear you. And uh, Every once in a while, we'll let him on. Yeah, I'm nice to hear yeah, you, too, you Ellen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm still I remember, here. Yeah, I remember us running into each other in there in the lobby. We ran there the right into you in, the, I remember what city that was. Uh, yeah, I forget where we were. Were we Reno or somewhere? I don't know. Someplace. So, one of the western yeah, cities, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was yeah, nice we, to meet you guys. That was so cool. Maybe we can do that again in Omaha. That might be nice. Are you Are you yeah, going really to go, so. go to Omaha for Ellen? Is that what I understand? Uh, yeah, we're planning to. You oh, know, yeah. we'll, see how, we'll see how that goes, but we're planning to go. Cause, yeah, I'm planning to be there, too, so uh, maybe I will see you guys. That'd be cool. Yeah, we should, we should, get, we should hook up and have some coffee or something. Oh, oh yeah. That'd yeah. be nice. But any, anyway, um, yeah, we're going to, it's a nice day here with, and, uh, a nice day in the neighborhood. No. <laughs> so, oh yeah. I was going to tell you, Bill, uh, you know, that, that, um, as we were talking about lost luggage, that didn't, that happened to me on a Greyhound bus one time, but, uh, I got it the next morning. My mom brought it to me. So it was like, that was okay. But it's funny because she opened uh, I opened the door and I saw that and I'm like, oh, you found it. Okay, cool. You know, because it was just wild. But anyway, now I haven't had that happen on a flight, but I have had almost lost my wheelchair one time and that was not good. But um, I, I just had to wait for an hour because all it had to do, all that it did was end up on the wrong, on the wrong flight. So I just had to wait for an hour and then that what there was but oh you just got to really be careful and and, and watch your stuff because they do tend to get a little careless with your stuff so yes anyway. you did, Ellen. very very careful yeah so. i just don't like it that they go through everything i get that they have to check but i i thought they just x-rayed things but they actually rifle around in your stuff and leave paper in there huh 
I don't like them going through my suitcase. I haven't had that happen, but I have had to open up the laptop, t- you know, case. Oh, yeah, laptops are definite. They, laptops, iPads, their phones you have to show, you know, I'm, I guess it's done for our own protection, but, um, Hoping maybe they'll make a, a feature in the phone that'll make it easier. They can identify it and go on. Yeah, I know. It's, and go anyway. on with it. Yeah, and go on with it. Ellen, Joe, thank you very much. Oh, All right, you bet. You bet. Who's next, Jeff? Okay, Gail, can you unmute yourself, please? And then, Beth, you'll be next. Uh, go ahead, Gail, please. Hi. Go ahead. I, I did unmute, I hope. Yes, you did. Okay. Um, not doing too bad here. Uh, everything's still going very well with Wendy. And um, I'm not sure when I'll be having to go in for another blood draw for the um, autoimmune part of it. But I've had some, and I, ta- I said something to Bill, I've had a few little, well, there's one little sore on one leg that's kind of giving me some grief. But Wendy is checking, you know, keeps it monitor and that kind of thing but it is going away slow but sure other things are going well uh like i said it's going very well with her it's nice here i don't know what the temperature is and all that but uh other than that kind of thing everything else is fine but and i'm i I have one question though i use a walker now it was recommended by my doctor that i use a walker and getting it in and out of the door here with those um where you can't keep you know those spring things you know that close the door right away it's really tricky and if anyone has any suggestions for me for that it's really frustrating to me but like i said other than that everything else is fine i'm not an expert at those but it seems to me jennifer you had one that like had a uh, you could ride on the seat, and is that a walker? Yeah, it was a walker. That did you have that kind of trouble? Sometimes you can turn them sideways so that you can use your body to keep the door open so you can get through. Thanks for the suggestion. I mean, I don't know. She had one with the, and I think Nancy's got one of those type. So do you have to use a walker twenty four seven now, Gail? No, just when I go out to get that, I walk around here and everything. The reason that my doctor is recommending it is because I was so weak after everything that happened. And it's one way to, he he doesn't want me to be, quotes unquote, dependent on it. He wants me to go back to my long white cane eventually, Blanchette. But for now, because of certain things, he wants me to use it uh, just for my own safety, I guess, basically. Well... Out in the hall and stuff like that, because you never know. But the thing of it is, I'd feel better using my cane out there because it would tell me where well, boxes right. are and stuff like that. And the, and the walker doesn't really do that. And yeah, I have enough usable sight, but if I were totally blind, it would really be a tricky little thing. Is it one that's on wheels or one that it's you have on? To pick it's up? on wheels, and I have a seat on it. There's a seat where I can sit. Okay. Yeah. Then you had something like Jenny had. Yeah, and it's it works well. It's just that I it would may just... be easier. It may be easier depending on how your door opens to actually sit on it and take one hand and hold the door open and wheel through. 
Thanks for the suggestion. I'll try that and I'll see what happens. But like I said, I'll be glad when I can use my long white cane again because I feel much better being out, you know, using that than, than this this walker. And I can understand my doctor's doctor's position on it, but I don't want to be dependent. He doesn't want me to be dependent on it either, but I'm not being told how long I need to use it. <laughs> well, that is a hard one to know. Um, but a lot of doctors don't understand your... I mean, the blindness maybe, part of it, the right. white, yeah, you know, the blindness part of it. Right, they don't think you can get around anyway, so you have to show them and show them and show them. I must say though that the doctor I have is a lot more open than some doctors I've seen. This guy at least has some, you know, is learning, right, and is is open up, is opening up. You know, where some kind of have their own opinion and they stay that way no matter what you try to do. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. And thanks, you. Bill, for yesterday. That was fun. We'll do it again today. All right. <laughs> uh, is it Beth next? Yep, Beth Moline is up next. Okay, Can you unmute Beth. yourself, please, Beth? Alt A on your, on your keyboard. Yes. Unmute. Am I unmuted now? Yes, you are. Go ahead. Great. And I, I'm I'm feeling good about something. I just talked to Freedom Scientific this morning because this is, Jaws is not telling me whether I'm unmuted or muted, and it's not telling me how many participants are in right now. But what they said is that the next update in Jaws should fix that. So I'm I'm hoping that that'll happen soon. <laughs> Just that's one of the things I wanted to let you know. And also, I think if I've got it right, some of the, the some my calendar is a little mixed up this time. There were certain things that got written wrong on it, and but I think today is supposed to be our universal yums here at the sanctuary. So we'll find out what we're gonna, which country we're gonna be going to for that one. And also, I. I did travel a couple weeks back. I think I mentioned, I might have mentioned last week that I had gone to the National Church Conference of the Blind, which was in Dallas this year. And I, I flew first class and I, I felt so bad when I was coming through. When I got to the airport, I forgot that I didn't have my mask on and someone gave me a paper mask and I remembered that I had my cloth mask in my pocket and I said, oop, I'm, I'm going to put that on right now. And I said, I didn't mean to forget it. But ever since then, the only time that I took it off was to have a little snack, little pretzels and uh, something to drink. And then I put it right back on I figured, hey, there's no harm in doing that. Just taking it off long enough to eat something and I, I'm so glad that I didn't make the snack last through the whole trip. <laughs> yeah, but everything has just been interesting over the last the last couple of weeks, making me kind of wish that I were back in Texas, though, because I really love it down there. I don't know what it is, the atmosphere. I know it was terribly hot, but yet I was in the hotel most of the time. The only time I'd go out was to go to a, a restaurant. We went to this restaurant last, I mean, a week ago, last <laughs> Tuesday while we were there. We Some of us went to a restaurant called Boomer Jack's. Oh, did we have the best time there. Wow. And... <laughs> Even though even though it was really hot going out when we had to go outside to to get to the restaurant, we were able to get in there. It was nice air conditioned there as well. It was as it was in the hotel. 
Do they have this convention every year, Beth, or is it once once every few years? It's actually every year, and it's in a different state each year, a different city and state each year. I have heard that it's been in Minnesota. I think it might have been back in 2012. And had I known that at that time, I would have liked to have gotten in on it then because I'm really sorry about that. My sinuses are giving me grief. I'm really loving this conference and there's um there's something like 40 or 50 people there this year and we're hoping to have it i think there'd be enough but it's it's a small enough group that we could possibly have it in st cloud if we could work it out well where is it going to be next year do you know yet it will be in wichita kansas as a matter of fact so i don't know about the year after that but at least i know about next year it'll be in wichita and every time I hear the name, the name of that town, I think of Dorothy Gale and the Wizard of Oz and all of that. I just love it because <laughs> I, when I first heard the name of that town when I was little, I was pretending like I was a teacher and saying to a bunch of children that town in Kansas was called. And, and then all of the children would say Wichita. <laughs> Well, make sure when you go to the conference, bring your ruby slippers, okay? I better, huh? <laughs> but I won't let the Wicked Witch of the West get in there and try to get them. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> thank you, Beth. <laughs> All right, thank you, Beth. Next on our list is a guy from the windy city of Chicago, Illinois. Bill, unmute yourself, please. Oh, I can go get a cup of coffee then. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, you're excused, Bill. You can leave for a while. I can't believe you said that, Bill. <laughs> well, he said it. So I said, I'll excuse you. You can go for a while. Right. Uh, anyways, it's about, uh, it's going to be in the high 90s here. Yesterday, we reached the Keaton Index of 105, and we had thunderstorms last night. And we're supposed to get the same thing again today. And last week, I wasn't here because I was... Uh, I think I mentioned the week before, I was taking my grandson down to Charleston, Illinois, to Eastern Illinois University. He's starting his junior year down there. So we had to help get him moved in. He's got his own two-bedroom apartment, and it's a nice place. It's, it's a regular big apartment. Got a big, giant living room, full kitchen, two bedrooms, bathroom, got plenty of room. And he's by himself in this building. And Is it on campus or is it off campus, Bill? It, it's what they call on-campus apartment complex. And so he's, it's, it's on the campus, you know, but it's, um, they got their, if you're like a big junior or senior student, I think some of the faculty must use those apartments too. But if you're a junior or senior, you can rent uh, the apartment and you can, you can live by yourself or you can have a roommate or, you know, whatever you want. This was set up for, must have been three people in there before because it had two beds in one room or single beds, two beds in one room, one bed in another room where he's having one bed moved out because he doesn't need it. And so it's, but it, it's nice. And we went to, um, well, we did some sightseeing, went to, I don't know, a place called Clay, or Casey, Illinois. Casey, Illinois has been established before Lincoln was even president. And it uh, was a rail, rail route. But in the early 1900s, they discovered oil. And there's still a lot of oil rigs pumping down there. And it's a, you go by a lot of fields, a lot of oil rigs in the fields and that, and that's how it made it so made its uh, money and it, it's a it's an old town i mean there's no building over two stories high and they have what they're famous for is it's interesting some of the stuff you can some of the stuff they have like the world's largest pieces of furniture and stuff like they have a the world's largest rocking chair it's forty six thousand pounds and it's from the seat to the ground 
is 10 feet. You can't you can't get in it, but you can you can buy a look. And then they have like outside of one of the barber shops, they have the world's largest barber pole, which actually turns. It's red and white stripe, and it's turning, and it's it's 10 feet tall. Oh, they have the world's largest pitchfork. They have the world's largest wind chimes. I forget they're probably 30, 40 feet high, and there's a rope you can pull it if you want and make them chime. And they have the giant bookworm in front of the library, which part of the body is on one side of the sidewalk out of the ground, kind of wiggling to, and then goes under the sidewalk on the other side. It comes up, and kids climb on and get their pictures made. So it's a big old worm with glasses on. He's holding a book, you know. Kids climb on and get pictures taken. And they have a big giant bird cage, which you can actually get in and sit in and sit on the perches like a bird and get your picture taken if you want. You know, you do your own picture. They don't. They don't do it. You take your own pictures. And they got all kinds. They have a 1950 Chevrolet key, the world's largest key. It's a big key. They have golf club, golf tees. Oh, and they have one thing that's really interesting. They have the the world's largest teeter totter. <laughs> and you you get on one end of it, and you walk across it. Well, it works hydraulically. You walk across it. When you go on the other end, it starts to go down. And then when you start back, it goes back up the other way. And there's a guy standing, a security guy standing there to watch it, make sure anything works right. But what he likes to do, he said, is young kids will get on it, and it says don't jump on it or don't run on it. Well, of course, they get on Of course, first thing they do, they want to run across the other end and make a drop. Well, they'll run across the other end, and the way back, they'll run back the other way. He shuts it off, so it can't drop down, so they're about 10 feet in the air. He says, well, I told you, can't you run? You broke it now. We had to get it fixed. You're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's an interesting, it's an old, old city. You know, they got old restaurants and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, Saturday, that was on Friday, and then Saturday we drove over, and I saw Bill at the ISB alumni picnic. He was around there. Of course, most of the people I didn't even know because they're wrong because I was 1960 and most of these people were uh, probably in their, I think it was 71 I think it was you built or 72, I forget what you was. 72, but yeah. From, yeah, so from from then on they were all like in the 80s and 90s and of course there was one John was there and his wife Faye, I knew them from Florida, but they came up but otherwise it's, but met interesting a lot of interesting people. Yeah. When you went but, to the, the picnic, did you get to the school for the blind there and get a tour no, of it? They don't, let, they don't let you in there anymore. Okay. No, we did. We did this one at a park. Yeah, um, it's actually in Speedway, next to Indianapolis, right? It's not a bad little park, but mm-hmm. their cooking facilities leaves a lot to be desired. Oh so yeah, right, right, that right, may right. be a real issue for the next. I got, I got some suggestions for you, Bill. Sometime when we we talk about that, I won't talk about it here. But uh, that Julia, Julia, Julia had some suggestions. Yeah. That wasn't. Otherwise, that's that's about it. Just staying cool and not too much else going on. Oh, Bill, on your pill bills, I'm going to say if you're only taking two pills, uh, do like when the wife was taking medication. If you take only two pills, put a little piece of tape on one lid. You you know, like a piece of duct tape or easy tape or anything, just a mark. Just yeah, but I've got, you want to worry about trying to read it all the time. Right, but I've got five or six different bottles. Oh, well, then what you want to do is take dino tape and name them one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, uh, <laughs> that, that's so Bill, I mean. you were talking about doing uh, Walmart. Uh, do they have script talk? Because, they have uh, script that, talk, uh, yeah. They have script talk. Yeah, I was so. say, right, you're doing Walmart, right? So they have script talk. And the trouble is that Walgreens is not wanting to release my prescriptions so I could transfer them. 
Wait a minute. They uh, won't transfer them up to Indianapolis or vice versa? Yeah, they're wanting to... Wait a minute. That, that's, why is that? I don't know. You're supposed to be able to get your fill your Walgreens prescription anywhere in the United States. Well, they... What they say. Well, they're, they're trying to pull some... So... That's, yeah, that's they don't want joke. the business to go to Walmart. That's why right. they're not doing it. Yeah, that's, that's well, part yeah, of but it. But then, then they need well, to provide Well, yeah, you're going to Walmart. I can see you. They don't they, but they, that's not legal. I mean, it's his It's his right to change right. drugstores. Right. You know? I mean, but even in the Walgreens app that I have on my iPhone, it says if you want to transfer your prescription to another pharmacy, they give you they give you the instructions on how to do it through the, wall, through the Walgreens app. Right. I'm not that's, I think that's, that's a local Walmart down there. I think it's probably some, the manager or something. He wants to make sure he keeps all his business right there because... Because you know you're in a, you're in a more or less a senior citizen area. Now this so is probably making a lot of money. This is happening here in Indianapolis, actually. So oh, uh, they don't. Walgreens doesn't want, but Walgreens needs to step up and provide an ability where I can use my iPhone or phone or machine right. and read my prescriptions. Well, they you have know, that stupid little thing, but they don't that, give it to you for so many bottles. And that doesn't oh, work yeah, anyway. And that didn't stay on the bottle either. Yeah, it's right. Walgreens, and Walgreens has their own reader, right, don't they? Not yet. Yeah, but it just sticks on the bottom of the bottle, and it doesn't really stay on there very well. No. Oh. It's, well, they don't it, wanna... it's a Braille label that sticks on the bottom of the bottle, Jen? No, it's not. No, a it's a little, a little thing that talks, a little round thing that... Yeah, and it talks, like, and they, at the time, they only wanted to give it to you for one prescription. Right. And they don't want to, like, redo it for the next time. And they don't like recording it, so the solution, you know, w- with the, um, you know, the prescription is a much better solution where these things are labeled. and Because you shouldn't, in this day and age... You shouldn't have to count six pieces of tape for one medicine and five for the other. Well, you've oh, yeah, always right. got IRA, and you've always got your phone, and when in doubt, yeah, you use IRA now to your phone. Don't well, take any chances. Yeah. Well, if you I really know. don't know, ask them. That's what they're there for. Well, what they I had them all set in a specific spot. You know, I had them... Well, then you need a container with the lid, and you need to move it off the dresser when they come and clean, or tell them not to dust the dresser. So... Or tell them to make sure that they leave everything the way you have it, because you have to have it in that order, because they have no idea of knowing that. Yeah, how's your cleaning people doing now? Well, the new ones seem to be doing okay. Um, You don't see them much or talk to them, but that's probably just as well. They do the job. At least they don't don't bake meals off you either, right? No. No, they come and clean. They're in and out. <laughs> you know, they're uh, in and out. But when you told when you said that with your last one, I thought, well, that's strange. They want you to feed them too. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, they're in and out, in and out. But you know, it's funny, Bill, because my cleaning lady will come over and she says, "I got something for you," and she loves these table top pies. They're square. They're they come in a square box, and the pie comes in a little. So pie for one person comes in a little pie plate. And they have different flavors. So, I, I, so you got me an apple one and the cherry one. I said, you know, I don't need this, uh, Lisa. And she goes, oh, no, you know, it's good. I had extras. I, I, I'm not going to eat them all. So here, I'll, and she threw them in my refrigerator. So, uh, hey, what can I say? You'll eat them. Right. You'll eat them like you do. And thanks, Bill. And I got your email this morning. Oh, you did you get it? Okay. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, there, there's, one, there's a couple others on there. I got to check on make sure that okay. they want to. Um, 
there's two of them they're in they're in the nursing home I want to make sure they still want to be included right. I'll have to contact them to make sure they don't want to be bothered or something so well uh, one I'll, thing if, that if, you, if they if they go through I'll, I'll if they say okay to put them in there I'll send them right to you. but one thing you do need to know that if there's a public record then that public record goes in the directory if right they don't want phone numbers, addresses, no problem. But public records go in the directory. Oh, yeah, so, right. I understand. So, right. But I'll just see if they want to be, right. be in it or not. Right. In, be in the nursing home. Well, thanks so much for your help. All righty. Well, it was, it was a little confusing. It's like, I don't know if you read it or not. There are two, two people that their emails kick back. They're not working. And they, they have no phone either. I can't find a phone for them either. So, um, that's... so you may, maybe you got some way to check them out. Cause, well, one one lives right there in Indianapolis. It's uh, Judy's brother, John. Uh, and he only had an email. We and know how to I find it him. And kicked it back. Yeah. And I did it two, three times. And then there's a guy in Colorado. Um, his kickback. So, a couple of times. So well, it, we'll, we'll get on the case, Bill. Already, and they have, right. you know, I've, I've checked them all the ways for phone number, and they don't have any phone numbers even. Yeah. So, we'll get on all, right. all right. Take care. Okay. You guys. Okay. All right. Well, we're all caught up here, so if anyone would like to uh, contribute, they're well, certainly welcome to do so. All guys right, Jeff. Harry. It's time for our weekly, well, feature we've been doing <laughs> over the oh. past few weeks. This week we've chosen, have you got your microphone turned on, Chris? Chris. Oh, which Chris? Chris, the <laughs> one with the microphone. Yeah, the other one. The other one just has a phone. He doesn't have a microphone. Yeah. Right. Okay. The <laughs> microphone. Okay. Chris with the microphone. <laughs> We're going to put you on the hot spot and see, just ask you a few questions like we did Jenny last week. It won't be too bad. So, Chris, you were born in the state of Arkansas, correct? Right. And... We don't have to give away your age or anything like that, but you've been pretty much a Little Rock native all your life until, of course, you moved to Pennsylvania. Were you born there in Little Rock? I was born in Little Rock. I did live in Fort Smith for ten and a half years. Right, during your working career. You were raised, of course, by both your parents. You uh, were their only child. You... um, went to the school for the blind did you go all the way through or part of the way through to public school i I went all the way through i did one class in public school one summer Mm -hmm. because i couldn't work it into my schedule so i did one class um between my sophomore and junior year at the public school there in little rock one of the public schools now, were you one of the rare students that went home every night, or did you... I went home every night till I was in the ninth grade, and then I chose to stay. I was wanting to stay when I got to the home management house anyway, which would have been my 10th grade year, but I got my parents to let me stay one year earlier. Uh-huh. So that kind of gave you another perspective. It was nice to go home, but you probably wanted to be with your other fellow students, and there was yeah, just things that you could learn. Yeah, there were lots of activities learn. and so forth. Right, and and that kind of so you went on. You graduated from the school for the blind. When when you got out of school, Chris, did you go right on to college? Did you take a break? Did you? Um, I graduated on June tenth or eleventh, and I started 
um, on my bachelor's degree in July, or early July. So you didn't waste much time. Where did you go? No, I went to summer school, and I'm glad I did because it was a smaller group of people to get used to. Where'd you go to college at, Chris? I went to college at Harding in Searcy. Okay. Was this a four-year college or a junior college? No, it was a four-year. Okay. Did you go all the way through there? I did. Mm Mm-hmm. And what was your major in? Psychology. Psychology. So, you get your college degree, you got your degree in psychology. Do you start looking for a job at that point, or did you go on to school? I didn't. I went on to grad school because I was told when I chose psychology as a major, you might as well plan on getting an advanced degree. So, I went to Fayetteville and got a master's in counseling. Okay. So, you got your master's in counseling, went all the way through. Now, I don't know about your college, but I was one of the first or was the first blind person to graduate from that college. Were you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't the first person at Harding, although the person that preceded me was pretty much a bookworm and stayed in a room, and that wasn't me. So, <laughs> no, were, you a part, were you a party animal in college? Chris? No, I wasn't, but I, I liked people, and I liked being out, and I liked doing things. and. So that's what you did. So here you are with your master's degree. This is probably, what, in the early 80s by now? 1982. There were very, very few jobs to be found. Had a lot of trouble. Okay. So you're you're facing a situation like all of us did. I did mine a few years before you. But you've got your you've got your degree in 1982. You're living in Little Rock. You're thinking, what am I going to do? So, how did you land your first job? Well, I just did a lot of checking, and I ended up working for Pulaski County Municipal Court as a counselor in the first offenders program for David Hale's court. And um, that was a grant program, so that ended in six months. So there I was again in 1983 without a job. So 1983, you're living at home like that guy on the guy or the one of those commercials. So you're still living at home pretty much? Yes. And so then what did you do for a job? Well, I got a call from... I was not on the rehab caseload anymore. I got a call from my former rehab counselor saying, hey, if you want a job, we have one coming open in Fort Smith. If you want to apply, hang up and call this person. So that's what I did, and I applied, and that was in July, I think, or maybe August. And then in November, I started to work for Services for the Blind as a an independent living counselor. Okay, now, this meant you had to leave your home in Little Rock, move away from all of your friends, but you knew if you wanted to start a career, you were going to have to do this in order to get a job. Right. Um, Did you go into it with some reluctance, hesitation, or were you full steam ahead? Well, you know, it's always it's always a little hard to move, but I was excited. I I wanted to work, and so I knew that's what I was going to have to do, and it was a job, and so that's what I did. How, how did your parents feel about you moving? Oh, they yeah. were fine. And how far is Fort Smith from Little Rock, probably? About 160 miles. So it wasn't like you could jot home every weekend. No. 
So you get up there, you start to work in the office, your your first big-time job, you settle in, and you make a life for yourself there in Fort Smith. And you worked there for what, about 10 years? 10 and a half years. Ten and a half years. And then you said it's time to come back home. Right. So I transferred. Transferred. Were you doing the same job that you started out when you were in... When you went to Fort Smith? No, it, the program kind of morphed, and I went from older blind to children, and then eventually, about a year after I moved back to Little Rock, back to older blind. Okay. So you was it a hard—I know when I wanted to transfer back to Indiana when I worked for Social Security, it was a hard thing to get a transfer. Yep, I had a little trouble. I mean, it was trouble. took me two years. It took me about the same amount of time. It took two years. Back in those days, it was just hard. I don't know if it was hard for your sighted counterpart or if it was harder for a blind person. I don't know. But it was hard. So eventually you got the word. In fact, mine was so hard to get back. We had to involve a U.S. senator who was a nice guy. I had to involve the board of directors. And the guy that fought against me coming back to Indiana called me into the office after I'd been there about a month and said, I'm so very, very sorry. I held you up like this. I'll never do anything like this again. If there's ever anything I can do for you, just ask me. And... He was as good as his word for as long as he was there. He he was just that way. So you get transferred back. What is Was it a smooth transition to um, Little Rock? And were you doing this? I don't think they know I'm here. And I don't know how to let them know. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, Jeff. Where are we? I'm trying to figure out. Can you, who was that talking, please? Um. I'm Betty, the Beatles lady. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Betty. No, that's my... okay, Betty. We'll get to you in just a minute, okay? Okay. We hear you, Do just I need fine. to do something to mute? Um, it's star six to, to uh, mute yourself again. Just star six on yeah, your phone? Yeah, I know how to unmute. I just don't know. It, it doesn't say. It, it, will, it will mute you again. Oh, it's a toggle. Okay, right. thank you. And we'll be right back I'm to you. I'm sorry I interrupted that, you. Oh, that's okay. No problem. Okay, so we were getting back to your job. Was your job different when you came back to Little Rock? And how was your acceptance? Um, well, I knew there were some people, including my supervisor, who probably didn't want me there. But she acted like it was her idea from the beginning. Uh, that's who she was. So you got back and you worked there until, what, 2000? 2009, early January. January 2009. Well, we'll speed forward here a little bit just to speed things up here just just a second. But you were cruising along. You you had been famous for some other activities. You were involved with the NFB. And weren't you the state president for... I was. Yeah, I was a state president for about 12 years. Right. So you did that a lot you were involved nationally with nfb yeah i was on the board for a couple of terms right but all that's good and 
you were just cruising right along and then you met some friends who who introduced you to a friend which changed your life right so you might pick up the story there if you would please well i was taking some classes to try to get my rehab teaching license back it had expired during the time my mom was in icu and passing away and so forth and that just wasn't on my plate um maybe i wish i hadn't let it expire but if i hadn't let it expire things wouldn't have happened the way they did i was taking classes because that was the easiest way to get my license back and a girl in my class some of my classes we had on-site workshops so she was down for some workshops and we met through that and she was also a student of Dave's and so Dave was teaching her computer um, JAWS and so forth because she was pretty new to it and so she and I got to be friends and I came up to see her after we were all done with classes this was in 2008 I came up to see her and she introduced us and we just maybe you'll do him next we just kind of took it from there and uh, got married in January of 2009 and uh, I decided it made more sense to move to Pennsylvania because he had family here he had a lot of family here I just had my dad by then who was talking already about moving back to Kentucky so I didn't see the point in taking Dave away from his family when I wasn't going to really have any family as such down there anyway to speak of a couple of aunts but that was all so that's what we did and did your dad move to Kentucky at that point no because right after we got married and we got married in January and the in the middle to the end of February he was diagnosed with leukemia and so he stayed there didn't want me to come down there because he said there wasn't anything to be done he was with a lady who was actually extremely good to me and they eventually got married but Anyway, the short of the story is he passed away in November of that same year. So, no, he didn't move to Kentucky. So, it, it, But it did take courage or, you know, a life-changing thing to change your life to move from Arkansas to Pennsylvania and make the change. It's always but, hard to move. But you met the man of your that you knew you were going to spend the rest of your life with, and that changed your life. Right. But you'd worked long enough at rehab that you could then get your retirement, and the rest is history. We'll pick it up with um, Dave here, or do we want to let Dave come next week? Do we have a lot of callers? No, we've everything is uh, everything is cleared off. There's nothing, there's nothing on the panel. I was going to ask. Okay. I was going to ask you a few questions, Chris. Sure. But that's okay. Go ahead, Jeff. You know, one of the things I noticed about you is how independent you are. You Tell me about how your parents raised you. You had parents who really supported you being independent and on your own. Well, um, my parents were told when, before they brought me home from the hospital, my dad was the one who discovered I couldn't see. Well, I could see a little bit, but not that much. And so he was the one actually that pointed out he thought there was something wrong. But anyway, when they brought me home, they were told that they could have um, a, bl a blind child that was dependent or independent, depending on what they decided, 
and originally they had planned to move to Con- I mean Ohio to start a business with my dad's brother who actually passed away in 62 but anyway when they got to looking at schools they decided that Arkansas academically was probably one of the best schools so they decided to stay there instead of moving to Ohio and so that's how we ended up staying there and um uh, you know they did what parents really ought to do if they at all can they he gave up his dream so that I could have a chance at mine and that's extremely commendable so that's what they did and my mother used to say that she well one day I, I had always wanted a bicycle and she they wouldn't let me have one she didn't think I could learn to ride it, but one day I was at a friend of mine, and she came to pick me up, and she said she sat out front for about 10 minutes. I didn't know she was there, and watched me ride the bicycle, and she decided at that point that she would not ever be the one to set the limits based on blindness, so that's kind of how, that's kind of how her attitude was shaped. You have pretty progressive parents, I think. And it sounds like, sounds to me that you have. My dad was used to working on cars and stuff in the dark because at the time he didn't have lights and all the stuff that he got later. So he was under the car working in the dark. So he knew you could do lots of things by feel and sound. Well, your parents are your table sitters and they they kind of, you know, kind of gave you the direction and it didn't take much to keep you on the way more questions anybody else on the panel would yeah. like to were you, were you an only child uh, chris yes uh-huh yeah what do you think of that i mean you've uh, talked to other people and other blind people do you think that was a advantage a disadvantage or just the way it was or, or what I, I think it was just the way it was now i did have a cousin do still do have a cousin who's about six weeks older than me and they lived in north little rock just across the bridge and we spent, he was an only child, and we spent a lot of time together. So it was, well, I don't know, you know, it's not the same as having a brother, but it was about as close as you can get without having one. There's a lot of issues, I think, with, um, you know, I, I, I'm in a group on the phone, and we talk a lot about um, people relating to their brothers and sisters and and so forth and who's older and who's younger and you know it it can really create some strange dynamics i think for people in in some families not in in all by any means but it certainly can create less complicated let's put it that way to be an only child but uh did you ever you had that cousin right across the river but did you ever feel lonely for being an only child no not really that's the way it was you know that's just was life yeah yeah. One of the I things didn't I didn't know anything different. One mm-hmm. of the things you you talked about uh, with us on the, at one point is that when you were living in Little Rock, you bought your own you bought your own home. I think it was that or was that someplace no, else. No, that was well, yeah, yeah. When I moved back to Little Rock, yes. How was that? Did your parents give you a hard time about that? That they? Oh did no, they, s- they were ready to get rid of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think she had a. I think she had a cat at the time, and maybe a. Well, dog. my mom had a cat, um, and when I got the house, she had told me if you get a house, um, and if you want to take Jenny, you can. Um, if you don't, that's fine. We'll keep her. But Jenny and I really got along really well. Jenny and Dave got along really well. Oh, so she moved to Pennsylvania too? Huh? No, she no, didn't. Right. But when Dave was down, um, ah. So that was that was it. But pretty much, you um, came back when you got to Pennsylvania. Then you got involved with Dave's business and worked with that for. 
two or three years, and so you've you've just fit right in, you know, like a hand in a glove. You were able to come in and make some changes and and kind of help the situation out a little bit, correct? Well, we got the business up and going again because um, Wendy, his wife, first wife, could um, see and could drive, and so the business was based on getting from place to place, and of course, we didn't really have that as an option, so we had to kind of revamp and rethink, but we did. And you did it, and then we met you guys shortly thereafter, and I think I was already doing the legend, but then I seen some game changers come along, like Ira, and I seen things like DoorDash and Instacart and Walmart. They, I, I've never seen something change somebody's life as much as those services have changed your life. And Uber. And Uber. And we've all done that one step at a time. Uber and, and you know, some of your devices, your Opticons, your things that you use and do. Seems and Dave are, is good at fixing, well, virtually anything. Yeah, because he has a partner there who tends to break a few things, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. Just a few, like... Chris, how did you learn to cook? Um, because obviously you're, you're always cooking good stuff. Um, did, was that more with your family or at school or, or a combination? Both. It was a combination. My mother was a really good cook. She couldn't cook at all when they got married, and she said if she ever had a daughter, by the time she left home, she was going to know how to cook. She said she mm-hmm. couldn't cook anything, and my dad kind of did back that up. <laughs> but uh, I learned from her, and I had a good home ec teacher as well. What about your grandmother? And she was not it, one of these. One of the things I hear complaints about, again, in the group we, we have, is that people, uh, oh, it's, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, it's, it's not, I, you can't do it fast enough, I'll do it faster. And But she was willing to take the time and let you uh, experiment in the kitchen a little yep, bit. Yeah, she was. And she was willing to let me and, and help me, of course, but clean up my own messes, which, you know, mm-hmm. I guess she knew I was going to make some. And she saw that I knew how to clean them up well. Is there a particular kind of cooking that you like doing, Chris, as opposed to other kinds of cooking? I really like to bake, but, you know, I don't do a whole lot of that because neither one of us need it. Mm-hmm. Oh, how could you say that? I love baking. She, she is a baker. She loves her June oven. Right, Chris? You love that yeah, June we, oven. We like the June. We like the air fryer, too. Yeah, and you like your outside, what do yeah, you call Yeah, the Traeger. Yeah. Your Traeger. You... You have devices you like, but you've embraced those technology changes and can make a pretty good life of it. So what are the three things on your counter right now? What are the three main devices in the kitchen now? Well, Who has the top spots? There's four. There's okay. the Keurig. There's the Instant Pot Wi-Fi. There's the June Oven. And uh-huh. there's the Kasori air fryer. Of course, we have other devices we bring out, like, um, let's see, we have the Breville grill. It's on the counter, too. And we sometimes bring out the Cook's Essentials air fryer. And, of course, we've got some KitchenAid things that we bring out from time to time. But those those are your main things that you use. You like And the new- Traeger, of course, it's in the garage. It, right. It's too big for the counter. But you but, like all But your- it's going to be a good advice, device to make room for, for it to live on the counter. 
Yeah. Do what? Do what, Jenny? So there's got to be a good device for it to make yes. it way to the counter. That's right. And to get to live there all the time. And to get to stay there. Um, maybe Jimmy has a question for you. No, I think he put his hand down. Oh, did he? Okay. Sorry. So, anyway, it makes life a lot... Oh, he's there. Oh, hi, Jimmy. It makes things a lot... Oh, go ahead. Bill, it was the truth. I wouldn't be here today. You know, you got me in and I've been a man for a long time. I've been a yeah, Jimmy, anytime we went anywhere NFB-related, Jimmy knew he had an automatic spot in the van. Yeah. He got to ride. Yep. Did Did Jimmy know Jenny? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew Jenny. Yeah. So, see? Jimmy used to stop by once in a while when he was taking the bus, and uh, I would be at work, but he'd stop down at Dad's and chat a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, what, what, what do you see coming up for you in the future, Chris? Well, I don't know. Guess we'll just keep going. Just keep hey, Chris. Going. Oh, sorry, Bill. I'm sorry. No, you go, Jeff. You know, I'm, and I'm sure that when you were doing, well, rehab, you 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 probably talked to parents and did they. What do you tell parents when they when they ask you about? Well, my child is blind, or my or my friend is blind, and there's no future for them. I'm sure you've had people say that to you. What do you, what do you say to them when, you, when when they get you that when they give you those kinds of questions? Well, I try to let them know that um, it's really, especially if you're a parent of a blind child, and it, it's really kind of up to you. And you can't rely on the school to set. You can't wait till the child goes to school and let the school set the tone. Um, because you might not like the tone they set, for one. So you've got to be your child's advocate till they can advocate for themselves. How true, how true. And I know that from experience. Very, very true. Maybe, Go ahead, Jennifer. Maybe this is not a fair question or a hard question, but when, as a, as a counselor, was there a particular case that you found more rewarding than others maybe that was like extra hard and you didn't think that was that it was going to work and then it magically something clicked and then all worked i had a lady in her 80s that all she wanted well there were two cases actually i had one a lady in her 80s that wanted to learn how to cook as a blind person she had just recently lost her vision and she wanted to be able to make cookies for her grandson because he was coming home from the military that was something she had always done and she didn't feel like she could so i worked with her and you know a few times and then i came back to see her one day and she said i gotta tell you my son, my grandson was home over whatever it was that he was home for, some kind of leave. And she said, I was able to make cookies for him, and we both cried. Oh. <laughs> now, and see then that. there was the, the one that wanted to learn how to cook because her three-year-old really liked pancakes, and that was the first thing she wanted to learn how to make. So I worked with her on that, and... And her little boy, every every time he saw me coming, he would stand at the window, according to her. He'd stand at the window and watch for me because I was coming every week, and he knew we were going to make something. So he would stand at the window and watch for me. <laughs> A lot of great stories. 
next week we'll be we'll pick up the life of Dave, and yeah, then we'll they tie kind of them together. together. Yeah, then <laughs> we'll tie them together and put them all together, um, and we'll put them all together. Speaking of putting them all together, let's see if we can get. Beetle, the Beetle lady, to unmute herself and come on and introduce herself to us. So I think she just has to do a star six if you're on the phone, Betty. And if you're still listening. Hello. Hi there. Can you hear I'm us okay? I'm Betty the Beetle. Lady? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, go ahead. I'm Betty the Beetle's lady from Knoxville. And actually, what I wanted was to talk to you and Chris Reekert to see how I get on the list for the show notes and the recipes. Okay, I'm working on that for you. There seems to have been a little bit of a problem, but I've got your email, Betty, and I hope by the end of the day, you'll be on the list on the mailing list. Otherwise, we could send you a subscribe link, but I was trying to do it so you wouldn't have to do that. Well, it's no problem either way. As long as you can get on, because we want you to get on the list, and you can get those recipes that come every week. So Thanks a lot. But we'll have you that by the end of the day because I am forgot your request from a week or two ago, but I got kind of busy there for several days, but not that busy. We can't help you fix that problem. Do you like the coffee club? Well, I love the coffee club. I listen every week, and you make a great second banana. Yeah. Deal. Oh, Tim, you mean? Oh, oh I understand yes. that. Oh, I understand. I laugh about that. I know that. But, hey, somebody's got to be second, right? That's right. And if I can fit that role, if I can slide in there and keep Tim's listeners up and keep them entertained or try to, then I've done exactly what I set out to do. Well, you have appealed, uh, Bill, being the second banana, you have appealed to yeah. people. So. Yeah. Now here's Not Sharon. only that, it means we get to get up a little later instead of... There you go. There we go. So there's some positive to this. <laughs> Tim doesn't know his schedule's going to get. He doesn't. He's Tim's first banana on his show, but Tim doesn't know. He just doesn't know. Hmm. But we have he does a now. <laughs> oh, he might be on off to his appointment. He may be, be right. uh, maybe miss, miss probably. It. I like yeah. giving him a hard time. <laughs> All right, we have a hand raised from Sharon you, Bishop uh, out in uh, Texas, I guess it is. So, okay, Sharon, go right ahead. Sharon from Fort Worth. Go ahead, Sharon. Hello, everybody. Hi, Sharon. Okay, hang on a minute. Um, I'm wondering, I want to ask, I hope it's okay to sure. ask um, Betty the Beatles lady, did she used to live in Texas? And if she did, I know who she is. And my name used to be Clue, K-L-U-G. Well, she'll have to unmute herself and answer that question for you because we can't. I don't know if you're still there. She's there, but she's muted. Okay. You might want to unmute yourself um, real quick, Betty, and answer Sharon's question if you'd like. Hi, Sharon. I am that lady. Oh, okay. And 
and we know a mutual person named Kathy. Yeah, who's yeah. Still, who still lives in Texas. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm the same one. Okay. Well, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you as well. Well, that's nice. We could bring people together, see? Yeah. We could we could and bring... <laughs> Gary Kettler and I went to elementary school together. Oh, oh have you got any good Gary stories? Because Gary, of course, is on here on All Things Radio. Did yeah, you do Gary, anything really yeah. weird or anything that we ought to know about? Yeah, give us some dirt on Gary. Something yeah. we, can, we can use against Gary. Of course, he's probably listening, so he'll come in and say everything you say is wrong. But, uh, you know, go ahead anyway. Well, he always loved the radio from the time he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed with the radio. And he had really neat parents, but he kind of had a weird brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So well, that's it. the thing about those of us who are on All Things Radio. We all like grew up with radios practically in our cribs. So we uh, you know, go way back, and we remember all these crazy things. And uh, uh we don't amaze and mystify each other, but sometimes we amaze and mystify other people because they're like, how the heck do you remember all that craziness from 1962 or something, you know, whatever. I mystify myself. Yeah, my like there that. you go. Here's uh, Mr. Gary. He's yeah. Gary. Gary. Did you want to say something to Betty as long as you know, guys knew each other? Oh, yeah. It's uh, good to hear you. I think you ran into each other in Clubhouse a few months back, yes, too. So, and uh, Sharon and I talk, uh, in, uh, we, bring, me, Fran, and Sharon, we talk quite a bit on the phone every now and then. So it's good to hear people I know. Yeah. Chris, I met back in, uh, what was that, 2015. 15, so. 15 in Dallas, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, um, Clubhouse, I don't do Clubhouse as much as I should. Is it... Is it as popular as it used to be? I don't go on there a lot myself. I haven't been on there in a few months for no reason. Then I turned off my notifications, so I forget about it. So, uh, you know. Well, you almost have to turn off the notifications. It'll yeah, drive you crazy. That's true. True. Uh, I just don't go over there much nowadays. That's kind of like being on the legend in Dropbox and having notifications on it drives you crazy. Oh yeah, it drives you crazy. It drives I wish you. there was a way in Clubhouse that you could limit the some of the notifications. To, like yeah, I just had to, specific things. There are some people I just had to unfollow them that I didn't really know them, but they followed me, so I followed them. So I just had to unfollow a few of them. There's a there's a lot of good things about Clubhouse, but um, and I think it will be around, but um, I've just haven't used it that much. Yeah, I enjoy doing it because I just am doing other stuff. Sometimes I uh, do stuff on the phone system that Chris and I are on, and uh, I have to increase Chris's group messages. So, you know. Oh, yeah. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Keep yeah. you busy. Yeah. I, keep I wanted it. to make sure that uh, Betty the Beatles lady keeps requesting Beatles songs because I definitely appreciate it. I do, too. I've been making her... If she doesn't request one day for a reason, then I 
then I I just put in two Beatles songs. So yeah, we go. get we, we get worried when Betty doesn't request. Right. So yeah. we yep. appreciate. I won't it. request Revolution Number Nine. I promise, never yeah, request no. that Well, that's easy. That's good though. That keeps go. Uh, he can do anything he wants for about twenty minutes. So be <laughs> yeah, nice. that's right. Hey, give me one of those songs. <laughs> you know, guys. Right. I, I shouldn't really, should really promote this, but I mean, there is a Beatles channel on Sirius XM Channel 18, yep. um, which plays that. Well, I, I'm not going to say they, they play everything Beatles, but they also play Beatles related material as well. Yeah, there there's used a couple to be an Elvis channel. That do that too, so. Oh, yeah. Is the Elvis channel still going? Elvis channel yes. is still going. The Beatles. There's, there are specialized artist channels for a little of everything. There's a Garth Brooks channel, there's a uh, Tom Petty channel, there's the different Bruce channels. Bruce Springsteen, yeah. it is a Bob Marley. If you into reggae, there's Bob Marley and the Whalers channel. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff up there that uh, you may not be familiar with, but uh, it, they got a little of everything up there. You know, yeah, they do a lot of features on the Beatles channel and and the Elvis, I'm sure too. But a friend of mine will sometimes tell me some of the things they're doing on the Beatles channel. I don't. I like the Beatles, but I just haven't sat down and really listened to it. But you know, they celebrate certain anniversaries or have the top. Uh, you know, solo songs since they were the Beatles, or you know, different different kinds of things that they remix the music and make it make it into specials. You know, it's kind of cool. I liked it when we ran. Which Beatles show was it we ran? Oh, Beatles Arama. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. That's yeah, it. Pat Matthews. We used to run that every week on Saturday nights here on yeah. the Legend, right before the Rewind show with Jimmy J. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Jimmy J like is up here now. He's a DJ at the WMEX, you know, fifteen ten. He's uh, on. Uh, I don't know if he's got anything syndicated around or anything like that. But he, uh, I know that uh, Judy in uh, Ohio has mentioned to me that she remembers him uh, being on the Legend. You know, we used to um, have that on and that on. You know, we've lost three people. Well, three household names here in just the last few days. Getting yeah. a lot of a lot of calls about it. Um, we'll start with Tom T. Hall. And do you guys have any memories of Tom T. Hall music? I got a little Tom T. Hall story, and this uh, relates to Linda. You know, uh, I had to go down to uh, Pittsburgh a couple weeks late. Linda and the kids left early. This was, of course, back when Linda and I were together. This was in 84. I had to do a special project for uh, NBP. Uh, we had to finish something. So I got down there in the middle of July, and WWVA had a thing called, uh, I guess, Jamboree in the Hill. And they and it was broadcast. And of course, you can get WWVA very well in Pittsburgh. There's no problem at all. So uh, we were sitting there one hot Saturday afternoon about 1 o'clock, and Tom T. Hall comes on, and he starts to do his show. And he did about 15 minutes of his show. And he said, hey, you guys mind if I take off my shirt? It's really hot here. So he took off his shirt, and they all said, yeah, go for it. Takes off his shirt. Then about a dozen other times, he said, hey, somebody want to get me a beer? <laughs> you know, so he was really down to earth. And Linda and I, I was just, uh, when, uh, of course, he died the other day, and Linda and I were talking about our trip, and, you know, my trip and all that. And I was mentioning that to her, and she remembered that. So, yeah, that's uh, my Tom T. Hall story. But he just sounded like a real down-to-earth kind of guy. Dave was able to get Tom T. Hall to do um, ID for him. Oh, cool. So right, right. You've, you've actually we, played those on the legend, though. We, we have. It's been edited. We, I think, he edited out the name of the station, but you know, because we mm-hmm. couldn't use the name of the station, but um, he was able to get him to do an ID for him when he worked at. I forget which station it was. You know, we played in a, a little band in high school, and we traveled around. This is my senior year, and we used to go down to a place that 
Tom T. Hall wrote about this guy. His name was Mitch Mitchell. And he's telling us all about Tom T. Hall. And we played music down there on Saturday nights and Sunday afternoons. And I'll never forget that. Uh, down near Connersville, Indiana. And uh, so Tom had quite a past, quite a prolific songwriter. Um, you know, I don't know how many number one songs he had. And he wrote other songs, too. You know, like Harper Valley PTA. Right. You remember that one, the Jenny C. Riley, and Margie's at the Lincoln Park Inn. And Jimmy has his hand up. I don't know if it's about Tom T. Hall or not. Oh, okay. Thought I'd let you know. I played uh, one of my favorites that I played on my show the other day is the Ballad of $40 or $40. Yeah, that's a good good one. I think it's listed under both. Yeah. yeah, he was not. He was. I, I always call him a story, a writer of stories, because every song that he did was a story in, yep. many, in many respects. Jim, do you want to go ahead, Miss Jim? Jim, uh, Jim Sparks, go ahead. Uh, you have your hand raised and you're unmuted, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I just want to say that I when they were in California. I bet that was fun. I went here. I went there to be the big California. Oh, okay. Beatles in California. Yeah. That would be fun. They met there three times, I think. Two times. Wow. All right, Julie, can you unmute yourself? You've raised your hand. Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna say that I'm gonna yes. drop off okay, Zoom Tim. here right now and but I'll be listening. Your so second we'll banana you will guys. come in for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I used to be on For the People, and um, my name was Preacher Lady IA because I came from Iowa. And um, so somebody told me about this Tom T. Song Hall, or Tom T. Hall song, <laughs> The Little Preacher Lady, The Little Late Preacher. And so I heard it and thought it was rather interesting. <laughs> is that about the Who Converted Who song? Yes, it is. <laughs> I wonder what the name of that. I need to go find that song and play yeah. that today. Yeah, it's, I think it's called The Little Lady Preacher. Yeah, he, he said Who Converted Who here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I played it for Ralph. Now, uh, Jonathan Mosen did a Tom T. Hall thing. I didn't get to hear quite all of it, so I don't know if he played that one or not. And then um, yesterday, Don Everly had, has died recently. Yeah. Yeah. He he was the one that was, he was the older of the two brothers, and he outlived his younger brother, Phil, and they were kind of estranged to death. They had a lot of disagreements and this that, and the other. And but Don, Don still missed his brother, and um, you know he just it was a troubled relationship that they had had. Well, they split yeah. up for ten years and got back together again. That's what happened as well. I mean, uh, we yeah. found a we found a real pr- neat song I played on Monday on my show. Uh, it was called Down at the Mall that he did. I had Tom never T. heard Hall. by Tom T. Hall, and I had never heard that before, and I thought it was really cool. You know what What I think one of the most disappointing things is we're only allowed to play three songs in a row due to our license. I'd really like to just um, 
just be able to rip off 30 in a row where if I'm doing a special or something like that, you know what I mean? I think, though, that you're, I mean, not that the worldwide legend isn't worldwide and a legend, but I think that you could probably do it, and I don't think that the sky would fall. I don't think anybody would really know about it. Uh, we wouldn't tell any. You know, I'd say, you know, small, small, small circle of friends like, oh, we wouldn't tell anybody. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah. I, I really think you could probably just do it. Yeah, it's... It's, it's yeah, it'd be okay, Bill. You you could go ahead and do it, and we'll yeah, just put the, it up on YouTube. He's the one that would suffer the consequences. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, we're just kind of selling him down the river, but yeah, besides that, you know. But uh, that's one thing I'd like to do, and the people that do these things, and I'm not criticizing or giving them kudos, but they don't, they're not involved with the license process, so they don't really care. Now, were the Everly brothers, they lived in Iowa for a while, and did, were they from, I always thought they were from Dubuque. They no, they're actually, from Kentucky. Well, no, they were from Kentucky, but they lived in Iowa. They okay. did. They lived a lot of their childhood in Iowa, and then they had some involvement with Knoxville, Tennessee. Their father yeah. was a, a singer, and he got various radio jobs in Iowa, and that's how... They have yeah. to spend so much time in Iowa. And I guess I thought they were from, that they lived, when they were in Iowa, they lived in Dubuque, but maybe they lived different places in Iowa. They did. They lived different places because smaller radio stations would hire them. And, and they also lived in Texas, maybe, but definitely, definitely the Knoxville area, too, with the Everly Brothers and how, you know, they they really made a name for themselves. They were never had any real big hits after what sixty five, maybe sixty. Yeah, they, they started to slow down about sixty two. They had a couple more after that. And well, Kentucky actually. Um, what's what? Uh, what's the song I'm thinking of? Uh, now I could hear it in my head. I'm thinking of uh, man from Kentucky. Sure is lucky. That was sixty seven. That was probably their last uh, big hit. I think. I thought that biggest hit in the sixties. So after all that stuff was that um, crying in the rain because I don't think they had. That they was, didn't really. That have- was sixty two. They they had that early '62. Then about April, they had it. That's old fashioned. Then you kind of yeah. didn't hear from them as much for the rest of their careers. But they, oh, the Nightingale was a little bit later on. That was another song that was good. Back in the late '60s and early '70s, they got into this. Uh, I would because I know that WPLJ in New York played them. They got into this like uh, country rock, and it was a lot different than they than they normally would do. Like, uh, and they had a totally different sound, but, but it didn't last long, if you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. They were politically divided kind of like the country is today <laughs> they they were politically divided the two brothers that was a big part of of the Joe, you have your hand raised can you unmute yourself please yeah actually it's me it's ellen um oh you i know you don't look like joe go ahead ellen no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway no i was just gonna say that there was on uh, all things considered on sunday they did a really good tribute to uh, the Everly Brothers, and and uh, so, and it's still up there. If you, if you can actually go to the NPR website and and uh, search for it. But um, 
we pulled it up on KUNM, our, our public station, and we went to the uh, two-week archive and got it there. You know, the thing about all, all things considered, everything is still up there. I, I When I did, I, I wanted to hear the Dick Clark tribute again because he passed away April 18, 2012. So I just typed in on my, my search engine, listen to all things considered April 18, 2012, and presto, I arrowed down there. There is still the... The day that Dick Clark died, the the uh, tribute that was that was done for him, they have er- everything that ATC does on the, uh, there uh, for actually everything like all things considered. What uh, started May third, nineteen seventy one, everything is still up there. It's wild. That's great. Wow. That's amazing. Let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, I think we should also remember Charlie Watts. And the reason I'm saying it is because he wasn't just a typical run-of-the-mill drummer. He was a guy who was, had a jazz background. When he joined the Rolling Stones in 1963, he changed the force of, of, of drumming and was quite creative in, in what he did. If you listen to Sympathy for the Devil or if you listen to uh, Hey, Get Off My Cloud, if you listen to Hockey Tonk Woman, or if you listen to Satisfaction, all of his drumming was so, he was the the powerhouse behind the band, and Mick and both uh, uh, Mick, ja- Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have mentioned this over and over again. And there were tons of tributes uh, from Paul McCartney of the Veals um, and uh, people from the Who. Uh, the, you just can't believe the pouring of tributes that came out yesterday when we found out about uh, Charlie Watts' death. I didn't realize just how much of an influence he he had on on the rock yeah. and roll scene. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that really was interesting. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Thank okay. you. But yeah, there's three weeks. It seems like they come in threes. And yeah. this this has been one of those weeks for entertainers. I don't know if they've ever said what happened to Tom T. Hall. They didn't, as far as I can remember. Or listen, I didn't hear anything as to why. They just they just said that he passed away. Same thing with Charlie Watts. We knew he was ill. He, he had gone through a medical procedure. And that's all we know is that uh, he's passed off. And you know what's funny about the Everly Brothers, and I didn't realize this, but they're, they, uh, you know, Don passed away a few days ago, but his mom or their mom is still alive. I, she would have to be probably like 100 years old, but that's what they said in the news. Wow. Wow. They, they were... But... You know, they were voted one of of the best duo groups. Is somebody else trying to say something? I thought I heard. Maybe I didn't. I don't think so. So have you guys had much requests for Everly Brothers songs on your shows? I know we have. We usually get, what, one or two a week? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think they're split up, and it just never, never really got back together. Well, didn't they have a TV show for a while? They uh, did a substitute TV show, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Johnny? I'm trying to remember, and they did do a TV show for a while. Probably the summer. Yeah, the summer. So... I mean, they just did. Um, so, Chris, you're, you've done your checklist now. Are you? Well, you, I've got a lot to do still on my checklist. Cause I've been sitting here talking to you guys, but yeah, I got to go to the bank and I got you know all that good stuff. You know, the package. Uh, well, uh, as long as long as you go to the bank, uh, I got a couple hundred for me. Okay, Chris. Yeah, sure. I'll right. be ready for that. Do you? Um, and, um, <laughs> 
Well, better than that, just send us your credit card. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Here we go again, Bill. Yeah. Well, if I have to charge anything, hopefully uh, Linda won't be over the phone for any reason while I'm down there. Linda won't won't memorize it. Uh, so, uh, you know, she won't be able to get it from her either. <laughs> Yo, but do you have... Get your slate and stylus ready, Linda. Yeah. Get yeah. Good, yeah. She's pretty good with that, too. Recorder or whatever you got to do. Yeah, that's right. She's got now, a stream. She could record it. Do you um, take the... How do you get to the airport, Chris? Do you have a ride already? That's a cab. That's pretty simple. Actually, what I'm going to do tonight is uh, set up a time call. It only takes a little less than half an hour to get to the airport, so and it doesn't cost that much. So I'll just go in in the in a cab, and then when I come home, because I had that fiasco waiting after the uh, cruise that I was on the other day and trying to get the paratransit home, so I'm just going to take a cab from the airport. When you try to meet your paratransit at a big place like that, it can be really crazy. So, um, you know, I'm just going to get a, a regular cab from Boston and just come home on uh, next Thursday, week from tomorrow. You're lucky they've got regular, regular cab companies. It's a big enough city where they still can survive because everything is Uber or Lyft these days. Oh, yeah. No. It, it, oh, yeah. Boston, you know, you're always going to have regular cabs here, I think. It's just so it's a, you know, it's, it's Boston is cool because it's, it's small geographically, but it's very dense. So people are, they like to walk, and people say that it's a really good walking city. But it's also, it doesn't take that long to get from one side of it to the other. So um, people are, are don't mind, you know, hailing a cab or grabbing a cab and, and going. And, of course, I live right outside of, of Boston and Quincy, and so that's not too far. But it was funny the other day, because of the traffic in Boston and everything and, and the pricing, they know that they can uh, get the money. I was out near the uh, concierge when I was waiting for, because uh, we were in, I was in front of the Long, Marriott Long Wharf waiting for my uh, ride that never showed up. And they were charging 40 bucks to get over to Fenway Park, which is across town. But again, not that far compared to where I had to go. I went to Quincy later in a cab for 31. So it's, you know, cabs and Ubers and stuff can really vary depending on what you're doing with it. Well, we hope you have a good time in Pittsburgh and, and enjoy yourself out there and spend lots of quality oh, it's time a, it's with a your... lot of lot of cool people down there, and that I'm looking forward to seeing and and just you know it's a, it's a fun place to be. It's, you know, people, oh, we, you know, they'll say when I especially when I was working in the office, and they'd say, you know, "Where'd you go for your vacation, Pittsburgh?" Pittsburgh? Well, yeah, well, a I got family there, but b it's just a, a nice place to be. Everybody has a good time, and they love to eat. People yeah, love do. to eat in yeah. Pittsburgh. So, are you gonna go to Romancy Brothers Louis. when you're out there? I have heard of that place. I have not been there. I, I haven't been to that. Well, what was the name of that big uh, this burger place that we went to one time? It was humongous on burgers that I had. Uh, and I can't even remember the name of it now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But it was, it, some, of, some of the things that they, what was it they had? I know they had something. I think the place you just mentioned had something called a Russell Burger, which, of course, is the name of their quarterback and was, had everything in it. Everything but the kitchen sink was in the thing. I don't even oh, know. Oh, God. They, they love to eat down there. That's for sure. And it was we funny because if you. Just have one helping or something. They're like, "What's the matter? You only had one helping." You know, it's just figure people are going to eat. <laughs> we went to Permani Brothers and finally got up the nerve because there's one in Altoona now. We finally got up the nerve to try an egg on the hamburger. We thought it sounded gross. It's really mm-hmm. good. Huh? Okay. Yeah, you you really can't taste the egg. It just makes everything um, more moist. Right. Right. Well, yeah, you just don't think about a fried egg on a hamburger. It doesn't sound good when you hear about it. No, it doesn't sound good, but it really is. Well, I, all I know is when I used to listen to KDK back in the 70s or the 60s, when I could, when I could get them, they always had their big Christmas fundraiser and for the for the children's charities at Horn's Department Store, and yeah. that was the big thing out there in Pittsburgh, I remember. 
Yeah, there was very much. BZ did the same thing here. They were so much sister stations. WBZ and KDK were so similar, and, and you know they did change formats uh, around the same times, and you know had brought in sports around the same. Well, KDK always had the Pirates, and the Red Sox were always not on BZ, but in a lot of ways they were really sister. They were joined at the hip because they were founded within a year of each other, and you know you just uh, think of them together and being right next to each other on the dial too. Nowadays, of course, uh, BZ's an iHeart and KDK with uh, Odyssey, but it's. Uh, you know, you still there's a lot of history between those stations. Well, yeah, because they were owned by Westinghouse uh, yeah. for, for years and years and years. I mean, that was the, mm-hmm. that was the big thing about that. You know, yeah, and you had three in a row, you had ten ten wins right next to them. So yeah, that's right. Bill, we, we were, were talking having... earlier about yeah. uh, about uh, you know you you were in a band. I, I would assume that was back in the eighties. Was that before? What was that again? When when you were when you were in the band, yeah, when you had the band, seventy one, seventy one, seventy one and seventy two. There you go. You know what? <laughs> you know I, I I had one back in the eighties. Uh, well, it lasted about four years, and because I had a business, I had to give it up. But um, you probably know as well as I do the fun you have when you're when you're playing in a band and the kinds of people you meet and stuff is hilarious oh yeah it was fun 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 i could tell so many stories about that and oh sometimes we'd work so hard for so little money yeah and about that but glad to get it now i'm gonna play a clip here from debbie i hope this is the right one from debbie from lafayette Good morning, Bill. This is Debbie in Lafayette. Good morning, everybody on the Coffee Club. I have uh, some things I remember about Tom T. Hall. When I worked for General Telephone, a lady I work with, her first name was Bernie. She got me the Country Is album, and I love that album. And also, Tom T. Hall and Jimmy C. Newman worked together. I think they owned it. There was another gentleman, too, a publishing company called New Key Publishing. Anyway, um, that's my memory of Tom T. Hall. I love Tom T. Hall. So you guys have a great day, and I'm enjoying your show. And, Chris, I think you are very a very interesting person. I would love to meet you. You all have a good day. Bye-bye. Well, she, she was spot Which one does she want to meet? <laughs> yeah. I guess there are two of them. <laughs> I wondered that myself. Yeah. We might both Well, be I'm sure we both like to meet you, Debbie. That's, that's, that's how we get out of that one. There you go. There you go. Um, Recipe. I'm hungry, Chris. <laughs> are you ready, Bill? Yeah. Okay. We have, because it's coming up on Labor Day and people might want to shop next week, We have coleslaw-like KFCs. It's a copycat recipe, and it's really good. It's the one I make all the time when I make coleslaw. And you need to know that a one-and-a-half pound of – a one-and-a-half or two-pound head of cabbage makes three to three-and-a-half cups of grated or shredded cabbage, just on average. Okay. You want four-and-a-half cups of grated or shredded cabbage, which is a very large head, maybe three pounds. Three-fourths cup of salad dressing. You can use mayo. You can use Miracle Whip, anything like that. A tablespoon of sandwich spread, which is the stuff with the little tiny chopped pickles, and it has just a hint that you don't even really notice of horseradish in it. A fourth 
of a tablespoon, so just a few drops of pickle juice, dill pickle juice, uh, a half a teaspoon of celery seed, a teaspoon of salt or to taste, a quarter teaspoon of black pepper, a third a cup of sugar, and let's see, how much milk? Oh, a quarter cup of milk. And you just shred your cabbage and you mix all of your dressing ingredients up in a small bowl. Put it over your cabbage, stir, put it in the refrigerator, and it's better if you can make it at least four or five hours ahead of time or even overnight. And it's really good. It has become our go-to coleslaw recipe, and I know I made it when Dave's mom was living, and she always made her own coleslaw with her recipe, but she really liked it as well. That sounds good. I like their coleslaw anyway. Man, I'm getting hungry right now, Chris. Mm-hmm. I might have to heat up Bill's extra hot dog that he didn't eat yesterday. Actually, that coleslaw would have gone with our fish today very well, but we don't have any coleslaw. No, you I used couldn't, all your I couldn't, cabbage for sauerkraut. No, I I couldn't help it. She made a lot of it, and I ate it all. Oh, Dave, <laughs> Dave, how can you say that? <laughs> I'm not a cabbage person. Coleslaw, kraut, I don't really like cabbage, well, so, some but I don't mind making it. They have really bad coleslaw, and I I know the KFCs is pretty good. And, and depending on where you go when they serve coleslaw, it's either good or it's just not. I've I've never seen it in between. I like both kinds of coleslaw. Because and now is the KFC a little tart or is it more more of the sweet coleslaw? Because you you see both. It's it's not too sweet, and it has just a little bit of a twang to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not much. I don't really like some of the vinegar based coleslaws because they put. Too much. It tastes too vinegar. Vinegar. Vinegary. Yes. This doesn't have much in it. I'm going to try my hand. We have a park here that makes their own potato salad, and because they're not open during the week right now, they're only open on the weekends because you know it's getting to be fall and school's back in session. It's an amusement park. They have really good potato salad, and I have found a copycat recipe because we can't get to it on the Saturday that we need it because it's about ten miles away. And even if you took Uber, which would be probably expensive, but even if you did, you'd have to walk across the park and across Kitty Land, and it's just not, you can't park close. It's not worth it, and we don't have anybody to go get it for us. And um, so I'm going to try my hand at making a recipe I found on the Internet, something I had to call Ira for because it was posted in a picture. So Ira typed it out and sent me the recipe. It's a little bit of a pain, but I'm going to try my hand at it and see how it works out. Was it like a German potato salad? or it? It's weird. It had. I thought maybe it had a hint of sour cream in it, but what it has is evaporated milk and some uh, vinegar and mayo and all kinds of things you you cook your sauce a little bit till it gets thick and then you pour it over and refrigerate it and they use red potatoes because they cook up firmer than white potatoes often do and uh i don't know how it's going to work we just found it last night and and you don't notice the vinegar in there believe no you not. don't you don't no not in potato salad even like german potato salad so I'll let you know after sometime after Labor Day how it went. I hope they like it. Dick, I think it's your hand that's raised. Can you unmute yourself, please? Hello, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. Hey. So, uh, boy, it's still hot. <laughs> Is it ever going to cool off? I don't know. <laughs> but I tell you, the weather has been something this summer. Um, 
our air conditioning in our camper doesn't work very well. So uh, when we get too hot, we stay home. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing well. We're um, just taking life easy. We uh, just went and saw John Mayall Monday night. Wow, John Mayall Blues Band. Oh my God, yes. that's a that's a that's Same a blast the from the past. past. Yeah, yeah, he's eighty-seven years old. Wow, okay. Dick, I mean, you're a rocker from way back, aren't you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, yeah, I've been, I've been a Mayall fan since uh, about the mid '60s. You only wish that Cream was back together with Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker and Eric no. Clapton, but the other two are dead, unfortunately. Yeah, it'd be a, heavy, a, a heavenly reunion if that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I have the I have the Wheels of Fire, which was like, and does really gears my favorite albums, uh, uh, Dick. I can tell you that yeah. right now, and also Fresh oh, you Cream. Know, you know, say about this, uh, the uh, uh, Tom T. Hall. You know, he's kind of the storyteller of country music, like uh, Harry Chapin was for. Uh, yeah. I always said, yeah, I was going to say that I've always thought it might have been great for them to sort of get together and have, they could have sold out arenas uh, to have a storyteller tour with Harry doing one half and Tom doing the other half. And um, they could have hired you to introduce him because you're Dick. But anyway, I just thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. But no, that would have been great. And they would have both, uh, I know Harry was into the charities for, uh, you know, hunger and they could probably have done a whole big thing. Uh, Some of it could have gone to some charities that they both liked and would have been a really good thing to do. But of course, Harry died in 19. Much too soon. Yeah. What a horrible waste. A car accident. My goodness. Well, um, hey, Bill, you got to try to find Sneaky Snake. There you go. Funny song to play by Tom Z. Hall. Well, guys, I'm going to run it, ladies. Everyone have a good day, and we will catch you all down the road. All right. No wonder right. you didn't hear me. I didn't have my microphone on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were wondering where you were. We thought maybe you went to get get a beer or something like that before you. I'm all just getting. Well, going. doing that too, but I have to <laughs> get ready to transition over into be the second best DJ right here on the Worldwide Legend. <laughs> so, I guess we'll get started. Thank you, the panel. Thank everyone for doing what you do. So what what we're going to do is stop thing, and we'll talk to everyone later. Bye, right, everyone. Everybody. We'll see you on the other side. I need to stop.